0: Alright guys, what's up? Episode 2, and as you can probably are going to tell by the audio, there's only two of us today.
1: Yes sir.
0: One of them is dealing with some stuff, and the other, I'll be blatantly honest with you, I don't know where the hell he is.
1: It does not surprise, it does
0: But, we're still going on, we'll still have episode 2, and hopefully next week we'll have the four of us back for what is sure to be an interesting episode 3. But, this is episode 2. And we're going to start off with the news that just broke about 10, 15 minutes ago that Jack Prescott has officially signed the franchise tender paying him $31.4 million going into this next year. Dallas still has until July 15th to sign him long-term, but with the way this is going, I don't see that happening.
1: Uh, I don't either. Also, it says uh, that Dak Prescott wants to sign a four-year and Dallas wants to a five-year. Um. And uh, like you said, I don't see it happening because their offers are, are very different. Um, they want to give it; they want. wants to give them. What he wants. are very different. So, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. A couple, a couple next uh for Dak and Dak. If they can get it, done.
0: Yeah, like we both said, I think it's going to go well into next year, and we're going to be dealing with this again next year. It's going to be like the Kirk Cousins thing. That's why he's in Minnesota now, because him and Washington can never agree to a long-term deal, and I kind of see why with the way Cousins doze about things.
1: I think, I think Dallas is going to get a job of both, uh, surrounding him with weapons, but like that, I want to get it. However, I, you know I think, because I don't think Dak deserves the amount of money that he wants. I think he should be paid like top-ten quarterbacks in the league, but... He should
0: be number one. I do not. Yeah, I agree. Um, like us, like we've said before, the market is what the market is. Like, I mean, the market's gonna get a cultural reset when Kansas City gets Mahomes signed long term. But that's why, if I'm Dallas, I'm getting that done before Kansas City gets Patrick Mahomes. Exactly that money because if that happens before Dak gets his money, then Dallas is going to have a major problem on his hand, on their hands. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think they'll have.
0: No, uh, and then.
1: However, I don't see another team. I don't know if another team, because correct me if I'm wrong, he could be franchise back this year, and in the following year. Correct. And so I don't, I don't see him staying in Dallas past that.
0: Uh, me, me either. Um, looking into the kind of the next news topic of the day, and yeah, this may get me a little mad. Last week, my the Carolina Panthers put this thing on Twitter about who the Panthers' goat was. This like reply like retweet thing that's been going around Twitter recently of Julius Peppers, Luke Keekley, and Steve Smith. Excuse me? Nothing against those three. But, obviously, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But, to me, Cam Newton is the greatest Carolina Panther of all time, and it's not even close. And the fact to be that petty to exclude him just because you screwed him over and is the reason he's still sitting at home right now and not on an NFL team, that's petty? And that's just plain stupid. Well,
1: who, who, who would you replace? Then? Like, who would you put Cam in? Set up
0: on that. I would take Steve Smith out.
1: Who? Steve. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, and you and you I
0: could. Say. Steve Smith is the greatest Panther, and Cam Newton is
1: number two.
0: Uh, we disagree. I think it's Cam, <laughs> Luke, Peppers, Smith, and Olson.
1: Who am I? Do we even have it in the top three?
0: No. I don't. I am disgusted. Look, I think the world is Steve Smith. And he's if he under- would have had and he's a great receiver, he's a future Hall of Famer, but I think Peppers and while Luke didn't play that long, I mean when he when you think of elite middle <laughs> linebackers in NFL history, Keekly's name will be up there for the rest of time. Yes, I you got Julius Peppers, who's one of the best pass rushers in league history.
1: Yes, but I don't think he's top three with the Panthers now, because because he went to the the Bears. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I can I mean, say the same for Steve Smith, because he spent three years in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, but then his career.
0: Yeah, so because
1: Carolina didn't want
0: him. I guess so, and then he proceeded to drop over 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns. On us the, the following week.
1: I I do agree that it was disrespectful and that the Panthers just have not handled the situation well, and I'm ex- I'm interested. I know they suck McCaffrey, but I wonder if they're going to be stupid enough to maybe do that to
0: McCaffrey later. It wouldn't shock me because they don't keep their players. It annoys me. Josh Norman. Josh Norman, D'Angelo Williams. I mean, I can go on and on and on yep. what about this. They just don't like <clears throat> keeping players. And when it comes to Cam, that was one of the most egregious things I've ever seen, with like the way they've handled it. And the fact, to no- the fact to not even include him on the list, it just annoys me.
1: Do you know who Because I don't know
0: who won. Uh, I don't really think they said anything. I think the consensus... There really isn't a consensus because if you go to the Twitter post, it's nothing but our fan base dragging them for excluding Cam off it. Yeah. If me personally, I would pick Luke over the two, but that's just because I think Luke is a once in a. He is. To me, he is once. To me, he's once in a generational time talent. Okay. And.
1: I still disagree with that, I oh,
0: that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You don't have to agree with all all everyone's opinions. Yeah, that's completely the, fair. I
1: think those four should, I mean
0: should be top four or should be in the top of the item. Yeah, yes. I mean that's Cam I mean, before, like that, I mean for, To be you fair, know? you could even make the argument that that you can make the argument that Thomas Davis should be in there too. Yes, I agree. I personally think it's Olsen just cause when you thought of the 2011 to 2018 Carolina Panthers on third down, where did the ball go? Olsen. Go Also, almost every Here's single time.
1: Cam and Em had a good time.
0: That knee was the first tight end in league history to have back to back to back a thousand yard receiving seasons. But then I think, I of course think Kelsey's when done it four times right now. Now. It, it
1: was even worse. It
0: could be said, said. Yeah, and I mean. Uh, we've gone into Carolina. Obviously, that didn't make air, but like going from Cam to Teddy Bridgewater and yeah. God knows what else with downgrade. this team. Massive downgrade. And see, I've seen Panther fans out there that are going 7-9, 8-8. and, nine, eight and eight. If they need to wake up, this team is bad. They will be bad for the foreseeable future. And then people need to realize that. It's yeah. that simple. Start being – stop – being so blind with your fandom to a team, and start looking at it with, and start looking at it with, start looking at it with some realism, and know that this team, with the schedule, with the young talent, is not going to win more than five games. They will. All right, on to the first topic, and uh, we're going to go Chicago, just because my dad's a big Chicago Bears fan, so I, right. I figured we'd start there. Okay, so
1: um, that was my topic this week. Um, and I chose how the Bears have failed. Can't find a reliable franchise quarterback um, since the 1985 Super Bowl Um Chicago Bears ranked last in the Super Bowl era in TV production at 48.3 out of 100. Um, that's crazy to think about. Uh, their quarterbacks have been. In um, 1985, Jim and, and then they had Jim Harbaugh. Um, I'm not naming everything quarterback. These are just a big time name they've had. Uh, and they had Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman in the mix. That's the year they went to the uh, Super Bowl and lost the um, And then they had Jay Cutler, which kind of says says it for itself. And then Matt Barkley, and they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Traded up number two to draft Mitchell Trubisky in the 2017 seventeen draft. Um, they picked Trubisky over Holmes and Watson in the seventeen. Um, and Lamar. And this year, uh, Trubisky came into his third year. He's um, going to have a human battle always thirty one. Um thirty-one. But Trubisky's numbers, He's going to speak for themselves: uh, uh, sixty-three point one percent passing percentage average off for a was six for one, which is god off. I don't know what kind of those the might be in tech, if we're gonna be honest. Um, and seventeen to ten or or 17, you know. but I think the cooking had to do something. I don't know if Matt Nagy knew what he was what doing with his quarterback. Because um, they had a good first year there, but I don't know what he's what kind of offense calling or anything mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, the Bears they just need to have a better vision of the quarterbacks. They, have, I don't see them having a reliable franchise quarterback for the I think they're going to stick with Foles for Trubisky as long as Nagy is there. So, but yeah, that's what I have about that.
0: Well, I mean, when it comes to Chicago, I mean, you've mentioned it. I mean, ever since, ever since they traded McMahon in 1988, I mean, from 1993 they had Harbaugh. Uh, then they switched from a bunch of other ones. Then he got to 06, and Rex Grossman was there, and yeah, he went to the Super Bowl, but let's be real, he rode the coattails of a fantastic defense and a fantastic Devin Hester to get to the Super Bowl, and it got proven because they couldn't keep up with Peyton Manning in 2006. I mean, in 07-08, Grossman and Kyle Orton kind of just flip-flopped every week, and that wasn't getting it done, and then came Jay Cutler, and Cutler is interesting, because one, he was the longest-tenured Bears quarterback since Jim McMahon. I mean, he was there for six years, six, seven years. And he wasn't terrible, but he was so inconsistent. I mean, he I mean, he led the team. He was really good in 2010 when the Bears got to the NFC Championship game against Green Bay, which they ended up losing because Cutler got hurt. I mean, but they only made the playoffs once, and that was 2010. I mean, they never made the playoffs again with him. And most of those were losing seasons. Like, they had a few 8-8 eight and eight finishes. And then, you know, Cutler in 2016, then he started splitting snaps with Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley. And he actually didn't even start more games over Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, who's been a league bust since being drafted at USC, who we'll talk about in a little bit. And then Cutler retired, and then unretired and then re-retired again so he was gone they land the number three overall pick in the draft and this is where I I legit cannot with this organization
1: I agree
0: you take Mitchell trubisky not only do you take trubisky you trade up one spot and give up like three or four picks to San Francisco who had no intention of taking him no intention of taking him and then Kansas City takes Mahomes at 10. Houston takes Watson at 12, and the the Baltimore Ravens come in at 32 and take Lamar Jackson. Let's see. Lamar Jackson at 32, last year's MVP. Patrick Mahomes, two years ago MVP, last year's Super Bowl MVP, and best quarterback in the NFL. Deshaun Watson doesn't get near enough credit as he should down in Houston. It's because he plays for Bill O'Brien. We've been over that. But – Okay, so you take Trubisky, who had one average year at North Carolina. In 2017, his first year, he started 12 games. They finished 4-12 and in 2017. They were awful. And you get back to 2018, and he looks like a completely different quarterback. Why? Because he's riding the coattails of another elite defense. The Bears' defense in 2018, led by Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, And Kyle Fuller, they went twelve and four. We're in the playoffs, and well, we all know what happened in the wild card round—the doink, doink. Yes, we do. By the Bears kicker, and they've been having Cody Parky, and they've been having issues ever since. They're facing the Eagles in that game, nonetheless. But and. Last year, it was same old Trubisky. He was average. He was below average. I mean, his completion percentage is god-awful.
1: And the thing with me is... And I can't put up a bunch of this for this because that was my name. Uh, they only do short passes. They don't throw the ball down. Do
0: no. And they have Allen Robinson, so I don't understand. Allen Robinson is... they don't is,
1: have a running
0: game. They don't really have a running game. No. And honestly... And... My dad and I have gone back and forth on Chicago for a while, and he has a point here. It's They don't have a bruiser running back. They have Tariq Cohen, who's an who's a elusive receiving type, and they have Montgomery, who they took at Iowa State last year, who's not speedy, but he's still not a power. Like They need a Derrick Henry esque, not size wise Derrick Henry, but like bruising back. Like. Yeah. And obviously they don't last long in the league just due to the fact they're powerbacks. But, I mean, you have Allen Robinson, who's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. But he doesn't get a lot of opportunities because the Bears just don't want to throw the ball down the field. And as far as Matt Nagy goes, and this is where I think Nick Foles is going to have a massive advantage coming into this year. Matt Nagy was Nick Foles' offensive coordinator in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, he's been in the system. This is his system. Nick Foles outside Philadelphia is well documented. He has not been good outside of the Eagles. But I think that possibly changes this year. I don't see any way or chance that Mitchell Trubisky starts week one. And even if he does, it won't last long. I think this is Nick Foles' team. But Nick Foles isn't the long-term answer. Mitchell Trubisky isn't the long-term answer. I just...
1: Also, you have to think that they lost big fans, you know, big Fangio to yep. the Broncos, which the Broncos are going to have, yep. I think,
0: a better season this year. Oh, yeah, totally. 100%, 100% the Broncos are going to be better.
1: As well
0: last year. Like, I just, when it comes to Chicago, it's mediocrity after mediocrity at this point because they – and it's not just the Trubisky – it's not just the Trubisky pick. It's – I mean, they traded Alshon Jeffrey, or they didn't re-sign him. They traded Greg Olson to us for a bag of donuts. Yep. They got rid of Brandon Marshall. I just... I don't under... They got rid of Charles Tillman. I could go on and on and on about Chicago, how they don't keep their own talent, and they have one of the worst front office staffs in the league. And they're not in that much of a tough division. I mean, yeah, Minnesota and Green Bay, but we've been over Green Bay. I don't think they're doing much of anything this year. So, I mean, like we talked about last time, I don't see Chicago. uh, Best case scenario, 8-8. And And that's best case.
1: I don't
0: know. I think I can see them going 9-7. Yeah, that's... Possible. Wow, I just, to it, me, they're not going to sure. consistently do anything until they get a franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, and if Nick Foles starts, it'll be an adjustment for the receiver,
0: you know, Yes, yeah, 100%. He hasn't
1: played
0: so. Yeah, the, there's also that to take into effect. Like, even Nick Foles, I mean, hasn't played much because he was hurt most of the year last year in Jacksonville, and he ended up losing his job to, uh, to Gardner so, Minshew. I just, even if he doesn't start, if Trubisky starts, what's to say it's not going to be any of the same thing? I
1: agree.
0: Well, you know it's a funny stat. Mitchell Trubisky doesn't have any pick sixes. You want to know why? Because he can't even hit the defenders with the ball. He
1: throws it
0: in the ground. He throws it in the ground. He throws it 10 feet over their heads. He throws it into the the stands. And it's like I know that every Bears fan on the planet is so irritated with this. Because this was supposed to be your savior. You gave up the farm to go and get this guy. And he's been bad. Just That's really the only way to put it.
1: Yep. I think
0: we eye-, eye on that Yeah. Um, we're going to keep it in the NFC North. With the Detroit Lions. And not the current Detroit Lions. We're going to go back to the past because I just cannot fathom that two of your greatest – sorry, not two of – the two greatest players in your franchise's history have come out publicly since their retirements and said they retired because they played for you. When it comes to Barry Sanders, who I personally think is the second-best running back in NFL history behind Walter Payton, I just – I don't get it because every season – He played 10 years in the NFL. He had over 1,000 yards every single season. He never rushed for under 1,000 yards. He had 99 touchdowns in his career with 15,000 yards as a total. He averaged five yards a carry in his career. That's – I mean, I don't even know how to put that in the words. He had double-digit touchdowns on all but four seasons. And his career year came in 97 – when he rushed for over 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, and this this is the most unfathomable stat to me. In 97, he averaged 6.1 yards per carry. Six yards a carry. That's a bunch of second and shorts. Yep. And then after the 98 season, he retired – And everybody was shocked, and then a few years later he came out publicly and said that it was his frustration with the Lions front office not wanting to put a winning team on the field, that they were just competent. You would think, after your best player in franchise history retired and publicly outs you, you'd think you learned your lesson, right? They didn't. They did the same thing again. Because in the 2007 NFL draft, they had the number two overall pick, they have a lot of early picks because this franchise is about as bad as the is about as bad as the Cleveland Browns, and they took Calvin Johnson out of Georgia Tech. Holy hell, Calvin Johnson, also known as Megatron, had over eleven thousand over eleven thousand yards receiving in his career 83 touchdowns had over a 1000 yards in all but 2 of his 9 seasons this i just and we talked about Barry's stats this stat help 16 yards per catch for his career that's what i put on my
1: um
0: In 2012 was his best career year, 123 passes for 1,971 yards and five touchdowns. That ended up breaking Jerry Rice's uh, record for receiving yards in a season. He also led the league in catches. But then, again, retired in 2015 at the age of 30. What happened? A year later, he had a sit-down interview and said his retirement reason was that he played for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Take the floor, man.
1: Um, so you touched on a lot of the stuff I was gonna say. Uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Oh, Barry Sanders is the all time leader for the Lions. Calvin Johnson is, and holds the most receiving yards, um, or all time receiving yards for the Lions. So best running back, best wide receiver they've ever had. Uh, and with Barry Sanders, uh, he was 78 and 66 while he was with the team. Um, and you could argue that he the top three running backs of all time. Like you said, I believe he's three, but it's crazy that – because last time they won a playoff game, and I think this is right, this is when he was playing, when they won a playoff game in the 90s. Uh, that's worse than the Cowboys, <laughs> which is – just blows my mind they haven't got it together in almost uh, thirty years so but yeah that's sort of a waste of talent for they had uh, with Barry Sanders Sam McCall Johnson who had 16 catch uh, like you said broke the thing from receiving record and retired at thirty and, um he played at least thirteen games each year um so while he was playing there um sixty three he be an four and they went 0 in his second year. Uh, and, yes, he did fight uh, injury and all that type of stuff. But I agree with you. I think the Lions wasted the talent that they had. And I think it's really sad with Calvin Johnson because I believe Calvin Johnson would have complained that he was the best receiver to play in the game of football.
0: Yeah, it's just – like, you know, you we talk about the bad franchises, Cleveland, Chicago – And honestly, when it comes when it comes to Chicago, they're kind of more recently, but yes, I agree. And someone, I'm not. not, I didn't even put notes on just because it was pretty much obvious they haven't done anything for Matthew Stafford either. Like, like you look at you, of course, look at Detroit. They haven't had a running game since Barry retired. I mean, and they have guys now: Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, T.J. Hawkinson, but. Stafford's been there since two thousand and nine and they've given him no help. They've gotten two playoff appearances, both which they lost in the wild card round. This team doesn't get to the playoffs. They're the I mean they're basically the doormat of the NFC North. Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay step all over them every single year.
1: They also went years years without having a hundred yard rupture in a game.
0: Yeah. years. Years. Not day not weeks. Not months, years. So, like, so. that's just.
1: I do like I do like how they're uh, drafting uh, the Ohio State's cornerback.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good, but, yeah that, that was a that years. was a, I, I I I of course would agree with you. That's a very good pick in Jeff Okuda. Um, I think he's gonna be a, I think he's gonna be a really really good corner. I mean. Most of the corners and safeties you take in the top five usually turn out pretty good. You have the, the Jalen Ramseys, the Jamal Adams, and stuff. So I think Okuda will be really good. Um, I don't get they drafted two backs when they have Kerryon Johnson. I don't get it. I just don't get a lot when it comes to them. I mean, and you even look at some of their other top picks. They had Ndamukong sue who didn't last there very long. Because he didn't want to play there. I mean,
1: yep. it... I'm just saying, no one—they haven't themselves in 20 years. They're not a big time. in the NFL. They're not like Dallas. Dallas does not won in a while, but still Dallas. So people are gonna still want to come and play there.
0: That's also the thing. Free agency is a big part in the NFL. It is. And Detroit doesn't get free agents no one wants to come and play there. Like, you mentioned Dallas. I mean, Dallas has been average for the past 30 years. But Dallas is still the Dallas Cowboys. People will still come to want to play for Dallas. It's like Pittsburgh. It's like. I mean.
1: The history.
0: Yeah, like, people still want to come and play for winners. Detroit's not oh, a winner.
1: Detroit, I don't even know if they get Thanksgiving games anymore. Like, Dallas gets prime. I'm getting it. You know it's
0: every year Detroit gets the, it's the Thanksgiving tradition. They get the the Lions get the twelve Eastern game, and they lose it almost every single year. Yeah, uh, it's just they the Thanksgiving games. They beat us in
1: like twenty sixteen or seventeen.
0: Yeah, so. but I mean it's not very often with them. Yep. I just. I mean, I can't with Detroit, and it's just something else. let head on to the college ranks. It's nice to talk some college football. Uh, before we get into the college football topic, I do want to talk about something. And this topic is very passionate to me. And it's the fact that... Do you remember... When players in the state of Virginia wanted to come to Virginia Tech? Yes. Because they don't anymore.
1: I was like, what, to like 2016 when Fuente was (laughs) hired?
0: Yeah. I'm not going to really talk about like crazy into Fuente because, you know, Boot is a tech fan and he's not here. But, and in tech is also one of the teams in this series, but it just annoys me that they can't recruit in state. Players would rather go to Virginia, UVA, who doesn't have the prestige that Tech does. It just angers me. And that's why Tech can't compete with contenders every year. On to one of the more popular programs to have a downfall. I mean, when you think of college football, you think of USC. You think of the USC Trojans. Ever since their loss in the 2005 national championship game,
1: they haven't been shit. They've been shit.
0: Yeah, I was about to say excuse the language, but what a shit show. <laughs> um I mean, and it really all started in 2010. Like 2005, like 2006 through 20, 2009, they were fine. But in 2010, the, here came the NCAA. Oh, by the way, the NCAA is corrupt. Let's get that straight. The NCAA is a joke. That should be made clear before we go into this. They hit them with the postseason ban for 2010 and 2011. And in 2011, they, w- they had a good year. They would have been in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, they would have been in the Pac-12 title game against Oregon. But they weren't because they weren't eligible because they got banned. They lost 30 total scholarships from 2011 to 2013. And then they were forced to vacate all wins from 2004 to 2005, which included their 2004 National Championship route against Oklahoma. This still gets me. They wiped all of Reggie Bush's stats from the record books. Reggie Bush and all this stuff with him, with how he got benefits, it's off the field. I've seen... I've seen college football programs do way worse than this. So not only do the NCAA force the university to dissociate anything to do with him for 10 years. It just got lifted a couple weeks ago. You strip him of his Heisman Trophy, which is ridiculous. If you ask any college football fan that is around my age or yours... Most people are gonna say Reggie Bush was their favorite player. Ah that is atrocious. And then the whole and everything that they've done to Reggie Bush. And I'm glad he's back at USC. Me being an Oregon fan, I do not like the Trojans, but that was still atrocious. And I mean and they've had other seasons. 2012, they also got probation for four years, too, just on top of all the other crap that the NCAA put on them. Um, In 2012, they started number one in the country. At the end of the year, they were seven and six and unranked. And I'll let you go on after this next topic, but USC's biggest issue is not their on on-the-field performance. It isn't their coaches. It isn't their athletic directors. Their main issue is that other teams on the West Coast, the Oregon's, the Washington's, all the teams that they're supposed to be better than, are coming into their backyard and taking their recruits. Not only has Oregon done it once; they've done it twice in the past two years. With Kavon, with with of course defensive end Kavon Thibodeau and uh, and linebacker uh, linebacker Noah Sewell. But I'll let you take it from here because this is, this is one of the more popular downfalls.
1: Um, I think what they did was just unnecessary to act like what Reggie did on the field like never happened because of something that happened off the field. Getting benefits like that uh, is stupid because now the big topic is talked all the time college players and they will in the future get benefits. I think it's wrong, especially 10 years to disassociate with him and wipe all his records off the book uh, compared to him, and then just do one day, hey, we went back and open arms like. Like you didn't ban them, I I just think it was stupid. And I know, I don't know. I just think USC didn't handle it right. I don't think the NCAA handled it right. Uh, I think it's unfair to them, and especially to strip Heisman. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, But yeah, with USC this season, though, um, in the preseason polls, they're seventeenth. They have some potential with, I mean, with a returning quarterback and receivers. Um, their defense needs to be worked on a little bit, but uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they either are about to hire or not hire a defensive coordinator. But then again, um, you have to realize they went to 5-7 and 8 five in the last week. So, um, a little bit of Um but most importantly, like you said, they're in the playoffs. So they have Utah, Um, almost, and I think should have made the playoff. They lost that uh, last year. Um, And then, most importantly, they've who's the perfect back 12 in the preseason polls. They're ranked 6th. They don't have Justin Herbert anymore, but teams just stacked all together. Um, They have a solid deep line, a soft offensive line. Uh, A new quarterback, but like I said, the mental the weapons they have on that dimension ridiculous. And so I think Oregon has a good chance to. If they. Like, I don't know if they'll lose a the game in the Pac-12 if they can go into the- Pac-12. I could see them the no. window. Here is like but yeah, just just overall though, the um, I don't see them win the Pac-12 this year. Um, I kind of see them at like an eight-five type season, type of thing but like it's yeah like you said since the national game they won it's just, they've been hit they were hit hard with uh, by the NCAA which hurt them a lot like I said I don't think um, that they're going to be able to turn back to that same, same time, so.
0: I mean and you know they've got promise on offense they've got Kyle Ford and Amon St. Brown and Brew McCoy, this freshman that had this massive issues going into his recruitment, but and they play in the Pac-12. And more importantly, they don't they play in the Pac-12 South. The Pac-12 North is by far the tougher of the two divisions in that conference. Um, and they have a really promising young star in Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis is. Played great as a freshman last year, coming in for JT Daniels, who transferred out, and he's now in Georgia. But Keaton Slovis has a big opportunity to go up in the sophomore season. But as you said, I mean, the Pac-12, you got Arizona State, I think is by far the favorite in the Pac-12 South. you got Jaden Daniels, and yes, and and of course, course, yes, they did lose IU, but they're coached by Herm Edwards, and he is such a good coach. Arizona State, I think, I personally think Utah drops off because they lost a lot in the NFL draft. They lost a lot on defense. They lost a lot on offense. Um, so I think Arizona State comes out of the Pac-12 South and non-biased at all. I don't see anyone in the Pac-12 North taking Oregon off off their high horse, so to speak, as you said. Yes, they have this quarterback situation, and you have Anthony Brown, the transfer from Boston College, and you have and then you have Tyler Show, who sat behind Herbert the last couple of years. But and yes, they have to replace four people on the offensive line, but but they also have Penasul, who's the best offensive tackle in the country and one of the better NFL prospects at that position in years. You have all the receivers who are coming back. Uh, they did lose um they did they did lose a tight end, but it's defense with this team. I mean, they barely lost anyone. They're returning. They have three five star freshman recruits coming in on defense. Kayvon Thibodeau is coming back. Jordan Scott's coming back. Um Kayvon Thibodeau is dirty. Thibodeau is a bad, bad man. They have they have Holland, who's supposed to be a first round pick. I mean, their defense is stacked. Yep. Oregon season, if it happens, of course, because we still have uncertainty with the college football season. That game against Ohio State is going to say a lot. I don't expect them to win that game, but it's going to say a lot. Uh, it is the It's week two. Okay. They are opening with – they are opening with – they are – they are – uh-oh. they are opening with FCS Powerhouse, North Dakota State. That
1: must be a tough two weeks for
0: them. Yeah, um, I don't think North no North Dakota State is going to be a problem some people think. uh, As good as they are and as good as their national championship run, that's FCS schools. Yep. I just I, – I think – I personally think when it comes to that game, I honestly think when it comes to Oregon and their win amount, I think – I think they're. I think they're going to destroy North Dakota State. I think they only lose one game, and it's Ohio State. I think they run the Pac twelve table. Um, I think they avenge last year's loss to Arizona State, and I think they're in the playoff. Personally, along with whoever comes out of the SEC, Clemson and Ohio State. Um, let's go into that for a second. Like the SEC this year, for the first year, is kind of wide open. Like. I agree. You have LSU coming off the national championship, but they lost so much. They lost a lot. They lost a lot, and they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. They're going to have a new defensive coordinator, they're a new quarterback. Yes, they have Jamar Chase, but they're also in the SEC. You have Alabama's going to be Alabama. You have Florida's a team to watch out for. I really think Florida is the favorite in the SEC, and that might shock some people. But they have Kyle Trask coming back, who's really good. They're well coached, and I just don't see anybody in that side of the SEC in their division that's going to touch them.
1: I can agree with that, but I don't. I don't think they beat Alabama in the SEC championship. No.
0: Nick I, I don't either. Sure. But I, but I easily think Florida goes undefeated and gets into the SEC championship game. I think Alabama and Florida both run the table and they're playing for each other for a spot in the playoffs. And then you and then you have the issue of who loses do they still get in. That's why the playoff needs to be eight teams. Like yeah. it needs to be eight. Yeah.
1: Plus it make it make it more fun.
0: Yeah. I, think it- I mean and even if you could do, I mean You have eight teams. You give the two... You, of course, give... You, of course, get... I mean, you give... You could have one, eight, two, seven, and then go on from there. But it's like... And if four is fine, I will gladly take this over the BCS. Don't get me wrong. The BCS was awful. But... I mean, you've had some teams just get utterly blown out. A couple years ago, Ohio State got in without playing in a conference championship and got 31 enough and smacked by Clemson. You had you of course had Notre Dame a few years ago who are an independent didn't play in a conference championship and are usually more overrated than underrated and got absolutely smacked by Clemson. And I mean you got the Oklahoma's are always in it and I just, when it comes to the SEC, it go it will always I go it's through always Alabama.
1: Because it could be someone that comes out of nowhere, or it could be, I mean, it could be, because what we think is its top three is going to be Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, or at least that's what I think, and that's how it's been the last couple of years. But like I said, I don't I don't think, I know, I think Clemson and Ohio State are definitely top. Uh, oh, in 100%. One through three, 100%. But, like I said, three and four, especially four, it's more interesting as see because you really don't know who it's going
0: to be. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about the Pac-12. We talked about the SEC. Let's talk about the ACC, which we have an inference because we're both Tech fans. The ACC, to me, it gets a lot of hate because of how weak it is. But let me reiterate something. It is not Clemson's fault that the ACC is terrible. They can only play who's in the conference. I mean, I what do you, you them. want them to do? They That's went out and scheduled Notre major, Dame this year.
1: And they proved themselves last year when they beat Ohio State in the semifinal.
0: Yeah, so this whole they conversation of their of their cupcake schedule, which it's not the toughest in the country, but compared to Alabama, who plays in the SEC, I mean, you got Alabama and Auburn both. They play cupcakes the week before they play each other. Every year. But my thing with
1: Clemson is if Clemson loses a game or two, They're not making the college ball playoff. If Alabama or Georgia or maybe even Ohio State loses a game or two, they still have a really good chance of making the playoff. Clemson is the
0: one team I think that has to run the table, and they will. I don't see anyone on their schedule beating them. And, yes, you look at Clemson, and they did lose Justin Ross to, you know, the neck injury, but they're still coached by Dabo. They still have Trevor Lawrence, so – Yep. Um, But as far as – I'm not really going to talk about the ACC Atlantic because that's Clemson's, and Clemson owns that bitch, just to kind of put it in the words. But the ACC Coastal last year, I think down to like the last two weeks of the year, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Virginia were all in it in some way, shape or form. There were ways that any of those teams could win. And it came down to Virginia Tech and UVA, and – how unprepared Virginia Tech was for that game still irritates me. But coming into this year, you really only hear two teams when it comes to favorites in the coastal one. It's North Carolina and Tech. And the only reason tech is because we're we have
1: returning so many players. That's it. Like and look because we we're recruiting good. No, it's because we have returning players.
0: You have Hendon Hooker who was excellent down the stretch last year and you have Quincy Patterson behind him who's you know we're running uh, respect to Quincy Patterson because he almost went in the Notre Dame and beat him um, you were they and, and and then they had some more transfers Demont Hazelton, which hurts but um, but they still have Trey Turner and they it finally have they finally have somewhat of a run game for the first time since… i told
1: you this times before, and Buddha, Buddha was here, he was great. And then we'll start talking about this because I don't want to get into this. I want to say it for the last topic, but they got to change that offense. they got to change that offense. Yep, because 100. here's what they do. They run the ball for the second down, and then it's third and 15, or third and 10. And you know what they're going to do, they're going to throw the ball. So, you know, I don't want to hear that crap anymore. I don't want to skip. But, you, you know how I feel
0: about we I told you many times before. Yep. Um. Going into a topic here. I just, there's... This team amazes me. Because of all the talent they have this year, there's no reason that they shouldn't make a playoff run. And, no, I'm not talking about Dallas. I'm talking about the Browns. Like, this team is talented. They finally have decent coaching. This is a make-or-break year for Baker Mayfield. I just want to know your thoughts on Cleveland.
1: Um, I think Cleveland tops is going to be 9-7. I mean, they have the Ravens and Steelers in their division. Yeah, that also hurts. I don't even see making a like, I don't even know if they could go with 9-7 because they didn't even get a wild card. I could be wrong. Last year, going in, I do have to give them some credit because they had a lot coming into the season. Super Bowl fiction people I didn't love because they got Jose Paul in. Um, And Nick Chubb and uh, their tight end in Mayfield. This year they've been kind of quiet. I think that's good for them. I think they're going to, you know, 8-8, eight eight, 7 maybe. but they got, we got the they got even in front of them. I think, um, that sucks for them because I don't think they can stick with them yet. But I agree that this year is a bigger break for Baker Mayfield, which us because. I think Baker Mayfield, Mayfield can be a, a good quarterback, but it's just he hasn't proven himself to be one yet. Uh. No,
0: And like I said, we have kind of with Detroit. Cleveland, Cleveland hasn't, hasn't done anything. No, and I said leading fast. up to the 2018 draft, you know, Cleveland had those number one overall, number fourth overall. They should have taken, taken Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick.
1: They should have taken Saquon with the number one and then I'm telling
0: you, Baker Mayfield will there in four. Because, because you look at the Giants that year. It was 2018. No. <clears throat> yes, they still had Eli. And I don't remember who picked three overall of 2018. <clears throat> I believe it was – oh, you, actually, sorry. It's yes, Sanders. I do. It, it, yes, it was the Jets. I think the Giants might have taken Denzel Ward, but I still think the Jets take Sam Darnold. <clears throat>
1: You're right. It wasn't,
0: and it was I think Baker's there at four. If they were so shit on taking quarterback, I would have taken Sam Darnold over Baker. I disagree. That's I me,
1: though.
0: 100%. And everyone likes to give Sam Darnold crap. He plays for the damn Jets. The Jets are a joke, too.
1: They are a joke. Baker may 5th. I think a better quarterback than Sam.
0: I think he was not college. I don't think. Look. It's hard for me to grade Oklahoma quarterbacks coming into the league because they play for Lincoln Riley, who's a damn genius. Now, when it comes to the Oklahoma quarterbacks that have come into the league, look, Kyler Murray is top of the class.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah. But, and this is kind of reiterating what you said, um, Baker has weapons, and so yes. Um his, his name just slipped my mind. I'll say his name again if I can remember. Sam Darnold. Josh, uh, Josh Darnold is it? I can't think of his name it, 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 it,
0: It's Sam Darnold.
1: Sam Darnold, yeah. Um he doesn't have any buttons, but still I just he's gotten injured Yeah. I don't. I don't think uh, I don't think he's better
0: than Baker but No, I disagree. That's fair. I mean, just that whole thing. I mean, you look at Saquon, who had that incredibly first year, and he was hurt a lot last year, but he was still insanely good. He's the only thing the Giants have going for them. Yep. Um, I Which just I hate.
1: I hate them. Same with Christian McCaffrey.
0: And the- yeah, oh, agreed. I mean, and you could use – and some people will say Derrick Henry, but I think Barkley and McCaffrey are the two best in the league.
1: Yes.
0: I mean, that's not even coming from bias as a Panthers fan. Like, if you don't put McCaffrey in your top three as running backs in the league, I, I don't know what to say to you. to you.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know what to say to you. Personally, I would not put Derrick Henry at three. I would put Zeke at three, but
1: – I disagree. About the, it's a different time, but –
0: I can argue that all day. <laughs> I think I'll let uh, I'll let you and Boo argue that at one point. I would. I would um. But I mean, as far as running backs go, to me, it's McCaffrey and Saquon in that order. If you ask a Giants fan, they're going to tell you it's Saquon at first. I mean, it just depends on who you ask. But. It's the same thing. I think Cleveland should have taken Saquon Barkley. I was adamant about it before the 2018 draft. I said it after the draft. I said it last year. Saquon Barkley is a generational talent, and Cleveland passed on him. And I know it's a crime to take running backs that high.
1: They should have.
0: I get it. But look what happens when you take a running back high, high. Saquon, Zeke, McCaffrey. Adrian Peterson. I could go on and on about the really high draft picks for running backs, and yes, it's a very easily.
1: Re- their market isn't that big, so they can be, I mean, it's big, but I'm saying that running backs in general, they're they're gonna get pick as much as a receiver.
0: It's so. a very replaceable position, as Carl has said before. <laughs> it's a very replaceable position, like. It is. But let's be real. You don't find elite, elite running back talent just lying around. Like, I
1: agree.
0: I mean, you take Derek in your example. He was a second-round pick. But, I mean, most of the elite, elite backs in the league nowadays are high first-round picks, and that's because they deserve to be high first-round picks. That's kind of how it comes when it comes to the running backs. I mean, um, okay. Just the multiple choice question just because I'm curious. It's really only two answers for this, and I love Zach Hurts, but I don't think he's in this conversation. Um, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle for best tight end?
1: Say that again. But now I can
0: hear it. Travis Kelsey or George Kittle for best tight end?
1: Um, I will say George Kittle, and here's my reason. Travis Kelsey had Patrick patch True. And before that, I had Alex Smith, and have been a good team uh, for a while with, him, with his coach. True. And I think Andy Reid is a top 5 coach in truth. But George Kittle has my pick because of who his quarterback is, and that's Garoppolo, who throws maybe 10 times a game, just hands the ball off. And George Kittle makes things happen uh, when he gets the ball. For, for example, since game win, pretty sure this final was like 56, or 50, something like that. And there was like 20 seconds left, and just carry three minutes. And they won the game, but yeah, I agree. Jordan. I think George Kittle is better than Travis Kelsey just because uh, what he has to work with and how he gets numbers with how he like what he works with, and then what he does with the ball too. Uh, pretend to catch him, So
0: I agree. I think George. I think personally, I take Kittle. Personally, I would take Kittle over Kelsey, but I think Kelsey is the all-around. He has the all-around better numbers, but I think George Kittle, like you said, is more impressive because he has Jimmy Garoppolo throwing it to him.
1: Kelsey, but he would be,
0: put up That's nothing against Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. I mean, dude's legit. He's very, very good. But I just think George Kittle's numbers with Garoppolo, who hands the ball off 50 times a game, is more impressive than somebody who has the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. just one more little thing before we end episode two, and hopefully next week we'll have the whole crew back here. Hopefully. Um, and that's kind of – this is kind of a thing, and it's it kind of relates to Chicago. Actually, it a lot relates to Chicago. Is the amount of kickers in this league who consistently miss but are still employed – like, I just, to me, you have one job. That is to kick a ball through the goalpost. One job.
1: Yes, but as far as those time situations, I can say I don't know how it feels. That's why I don't miss on kickers. But I give up I your thing. But when there's two seconds left in the game and there's 100,000 plus people yelling, and
0: you have a lot of trouble rushing through. You to, to get the field goal for a Yeah, I agree. but it's And I, of course, agree on that topic. It's the missed extra points and the short field goals that drive me insane. They do. Like, I'm just going to use Cody Parkey as an example because he's the really big one. There was a game in 2018 where they lost. I think they were playing New England or Miami, one of the two. And the dude not only missed four field goals, but he hit the goal post on every single one of them. Like, and then he had that field goal against Philly in the playoff game, and I am surprised that he got out of Chicago alive that night.
1: I was so happy. I bet you were.
0: But um, I think we can both agree on who the best kicker in the league is. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Okay. He I don't. Miss. He doesn't dude miss. doesn't miss. I mean, he does sometimes, but it's very rare. Yes. Rarely.
1: Um.
0: All right. Go on to one thing, since I kind of gave Oregon's prediction. I'll give you a chance with Tech. What do you think Tech goes?
1: Say it again. You cut out again on me.
0: Uh, what do you think Tech finishes this year if we have football? I say nine and three.
1: I was gonna say, who do you say lose? Does that include the ACC championship
0: game or no? I, th- it's tough. I do think they lose to Penn State. Okay. I think they drop a game they shouldn't against an SEC against an ACC school. Okay. And I could see them winning or losing a game against North Carolina. That's the important one. Is yes. the game against UNC? I think if they if they go nine and three, they lose it. If they go ten and two, they win it. But I I honestly see them losing to Duke again because they just don't play well against the Blue Devils. I think the win or game, just like you said, I think
1: they'll lose to Penn State. I hope they beat Penn State, but I think they'll to lose to Penn State even though it's at home because the last couple. Let me just say Notre Dame for. Pacific's biggest game we've had. Last time we had a big game, we played really good the first. Time. Then after halftime, I came back out and played horrible, um, just like the UVA game. Um, but I think I think we I think we beat North Carolina too. But um, I think uh, we'll drop one or two, too, like we always do. We, we could. I mean, maybe we lose to North Carolina, but yeah, um, like uh, yeah, we could lose to uh, Duke or, or Boston College. That, like I think I like, not in three and two. Like we go to the AC championship, lose to
0: Clemson, and play the uh, Orange Bowl, playing the bowl. Yeah. My whole thing is is like as long as they take back, as long as they take back the Commonwealth Cup, they can do whatever they want.
1: Yeah, if they
0: lose again this year, I think Fuente needs. Well, think he, he needs to go, but he. I yeah, um, yeah. I think Fuentes needs to go. Um. I think they need a bigger name, because. And look, I know, I of course, know you're going to lose out recruits to Clemson. I can take that. It's just the other stuff, and like I like we said earlier, I don't want to delve too much into that because that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. But that's just kind of how I feel about tech, and I just, I, I, I of course just wish it wasn't that way. And I wish I really would have, I really wish I would have liked Frank Beamer more in his final years than I did, because I kind of regret not doing it
1: now. think bud, lost replacement.
0: Oh, I hundred percent agree. I said that from the beginning. I was a fan of Fuente for the first two years, and then
1: and here's my Bud Foster. Might have, he might have not done amazing, but when Fuente came in, when Beamer like Beamer's just like a trademark name, so is Foster but Foster. That brings recruits itself, just because Foster is the you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think when Fuente was hired, no one really knew who he was. I mean, he had success his first career, year, years, but it's because Beamer recruits, and that Beamer recruits are not there. He's not doing the job we thought talking to. But if we would have hired Buff, we would've retired this year, and then we could have got a new coach this year and, yeah. and then started the
0: question Yeah, but, but like I said, the whole gripe the whole gripe is something we'll get into. Yeah. Um, three. part three of our college football series continues next week with with uh, Texas. So or and or of course in my terms. Mm. <laughs> i uh, never been a really big fan of them. But their story is still one that needs to be told. But we'll yeah. get into Texas next week. That kind of does it for today. And, you know, it, it was only the two of us today. But, um,
1: it was fun. It was good. I think it was a
0: good podcast. But, um, we'll have, we'll of course have Carl and Buddha back next week. We might even attempt one later in the week. We'll see. Um, but if not, we'll be back next week with the full squad. We will talk uh, Carl and Buddha's topics. We'll get there. Topics, which would be the Pittsburgh Seals and Tennessee Titans. We will talk about those. So, awesome. That'll be Good for episode. Day. Yep, that'll be for episode three. This is Ian and Delby signing off. The Boys Podcast. You can find us at Boys the Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And I'll see you guys later.
1: See you guys.